אתם מאזינים לשידור ישיר ממחנה רמה בברקשרס, רדיו קול רמה, 102.3 FM. שלום ובוקר טוב, מאוד ספיישל אדישן של פרשת טוק עם רבי אליה מלמט בהיילנד פארק, ניו ג'רזי, היילנד פארק קונסרבטיב טמפל קונגרגיישן על שם אלן, שואלים לי, הגוד פרנדס, רבי ברי צ'סלר בלונג איילנד, סלמון שכטר, ומג'רוסלם. Rabbi Jeremy Kalmanovsky, Anshay Chesed. But Rabbi Jeremy Kalmanovsky is in Jerusalem. Uh, tell us what you're doing there and how long you've been there. Yeah, it, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday evening. I left Motzei Shabbat, and we, I arrived Sunday afternoon and evening. Um, we're on a trip of about 30, well, I guess it added up with all, with all the participants who came in and out, about 40 uh, Maswati people. rabbis some lay leaders some executive directors to make a solidarity trip here to israel to be you with our brothers and sisters to stand with our brothers and sisters at a time of enormous enormous grief and shock um it's, it's now wednesday so we spent uh i got to see some of my own friends our, our friends from came from my jason rogoff and um some other people from who grew up in my shul and other friends that i've had and and i will do that again tomorrow but the trip ended today And most of the other participants uh, went back to the United States and to Argentina and Brazil and Mexico and all the other places that they came from. Also, by the way, Steve Warnick was there from Toronto, yeah. Canada, north of the border. Border. So, so, uh, it, this, uh, it, go ahead, go ahead. so much to process, but uh, tell just what have you seen? What have you done? What have you been? Yeah, it, 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 is, it is a lot. Um, the country is... First of all, I, I want to encourage our, our listeners and viewers, uh, you should come. You should come whenever you, whenever you can. The people here expressed to us uh, enormous, they, they, we, we came to express solidarity and they accepted it with great love. And uh, people were, you know, and I would meet people uh, on the streets and I would, you know, the hotel that I'm staying in here, the Dan Panorama, Um, is filled with what what are called mifunim the the displaced or the evacuated um, the cities of the otef Aza region the the envelope around the Gaza Strip and then even the other cities like sterot a little bit further away in the boat um, they're they're largely emptied out and the cities of the north are also emptied out even though the war hasn't really blessedly hasn't really begun in in, uh, in the north plenty of residents I think even more residents have been evacuated from the Uh, range of Hezbollah's rockets. The hotel that I'm in, of course, there's a lot of trauma, and there's a lot of children. The place is crawling with children, and and Jerusalem has, you know, encouraged um, some some school opportunities. There's musical presentations here, and I'm looking at the children, and I, it seems like the um, community, their families, and the Jerusalem municipality, and as is Jerusalem, doing a wonderful job of giving some nor- normalcy and it, it's it's like the lobby of the hotel is filled with laughing children which is a really good thing because the society just walking around people are on the verge of tears people are shell-shocked certainly the first week or two they they were shell-shocked uh completely and there's a little bit more normalcy restaurants are open and people are right buses are running and people are going to work and Um, although frankly many of the businesses are operating at a very skeleton crew because so many of the mm-hmm. of the men at any rate are, are in reserve duty um, but one thing that absolutely everybody said 
virtually without exception, is that this is not post-traumatic stress. We're beemza traumatic stress. We're we're all we're all shocked. We're all grieving. We have not yet made sense of it. We're not trying to make sense of it at this point. Um, that's that's down the road. Making sense of it and what comes next. That's down the road. But there is incredibly strong resolve for the military operation. Um, there is. I, I wouldn't say. Um, I would say most people say that the divisions of the last year, all the political strife, all of the 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 divisions between you know right and left or pro pro government or anti government, n- none of it is gone away. It's some combination of papered over and set in the corner. Like everybody is, you know, yachad ninatzeach is the slogan that's everywhere. Together we will win, and. I feel an incredibly strong uh, sense of yachat nenatzeach. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, everybody is talking about praying for. I, I bought myself a T-shirt at the rally uh, at, at a rally spot in the families forum for the hostages. We spoke to the mother. Oh my God, I, I don't think that I could last thirty seconds if I thought one of my children was captured by Hamas terrorists. She's she's. She fell apart several times. And she told us her story. It was it was one of the most astonishing experiences I've ever had. Anyway, I bought a T-shirt that says, "You know, here I'll show it to you." Bring them home now. And I was wearing this T-shirt, and um, you know, people are stopping on the street saying, "Saying, love your shirt," and and the, the focus on on you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to win this war. And then we're going to have to build something new because there's a really strong sense that uh, I, I won't sing the song because it's a it's got got dirty words in it. But Warren Zevon has a song that says, you know, the stuff that used to work won't work now. Like whatever it is that we, that we have put together in the past and we've managed to deal with stuff didn't work. We're going to have to find something else that's going to work. So, and, and just tell us one more thing. Tell us, I mean, you, you did take a trip down to the area. And I, I think it's really important, you know, for people who are loyal to our little club here um, to hear from you, to hear, you're, you're like a witness. I mean, you are literally a witness now. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, it's... So I, I was I was at, uh, I was at the kibbutz of Kfar Aza, uh, which suffered, um, I think they told us, 58 uh, deaths. Um, of, I think about, what did they say, 400 people perhaps? I, I could be wrong about the numbers, I don't remember, but I think it was 58 deaths um, from this kibbutz. And uh, we went to the spot where the... You, you, you you could see Gaza like probably I I, I don't know I guess maybe five kilometers away and you could see sort of no man's space and then you could see where the border fence was breached and then you could see where the kibbutz fence was breached and the the section where the most devastation happened were a series of small houses that like young people while in the army or right after. Uh, they kind of lived in in small, uh, not like you know multi room houses, but a one or two room houses, and 
at least of, of what we saw in Kfaraza, that was the principal site of the devastation. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be too graphic more than is necessary, but let's just say that um, you saw the marks on the walls where people were shot and murdered. And, um, and when you walk around, you also saw, I mean, they told us so many terrible stories. Um, the, the, bodies were booby trapped so that when people moved them they exploded and uh and and hurt the first responders or killed the first responders as well there are bullets lying around the ground destroyed cars one thing that especially um just was so so heartbreaking is you know the the soldiers who cleaned up or the police who cleaned up uh you know they're like I saw this after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans too. Like the rescue people, they would write, you know, how many dead bodies they found or something like that, or they'd mark an all clear uh, on the house. And there was, I think, what did they say? Uh, there's a samich pay on houses. Siluk p'tzatzim. The the bombs have been removed, but I also saw on one wall written that one of the, you know, like a like a police person or whatever, wrote. Uh, I'm sorry to say. because okay we're back we're back you're sorry to say you what was were, the last thing you heard the the you you were talking about the samach pay and the samach pay i think stands for siluk p'tzatzim that the bombs have been removed obviously like they, they discovered bombs and they they sapped them or whatever but i also saw a um you know something that a, that a, a police or a rescuer or a or soldier or whatever had written, I saw several of these, but this is one example. Suride Adam al Hasafa, human remains on the sofa. Like it was, it was just unbelievable. And they told us many really horrifying stories. Now's not, not the time to relate. But I mean, I think that all of our listeners and, and viewers know this fact that, that there's terrible things and there's enormous suffering that's going on in this war. Um, and no, no one should be cavalier about the suffering of civilians in Gaza. And and I don't want to make this a, um, you know, that, that if you're that if you support Israel, that you like don't care about the civilians in Gaza. That shouldn't be the case. But we should also know and not, and not sugarcoat it and be honest that this was an orgy of violence and cruelty that was not incidental. You know, uh, civilian casualties. The point with civilian casualties. The point was to go to the dance festival and and disembowel people. And we went, we, we, and the many cruel stories that they told us, we also went to, and here I'm just going to be uh, as elliptical as possible. We went to the, to the military base where the IDF rabbinate is engaged in identifying the remains of people, which could be quite difficult because people were burned and yes, it is true. People were beheaded. Um, they were they were very clear about about those things. Um, and their work was. I asked I asked them, "Do you feel like you're the Hebra Kadisha?" They said, "Not exactly, because there is a Hebra Kadisha that deals with burial, but we feel that same sense of reverence for life, hmm. um, that same sense for reverence for human life in the way we treat these bodies." And one one last thing about. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording about how can we transition from this back to the parasha? I didn't think about this until I started telling this story. Um, 
this is really ugly and this does call to mind uh i i i personally don't like to make holocaust comparisons to anything but the holocaust i like to keep that in one in one box and not let it spill over to other things but this part might be interesting to our to our viewers um you know as as you know hamas is like whatever the plo may hate jews or may hate israel but it's not a religious war and for hamas it is a religious war it's islam against judaism and so they assaulted the torahs and they stole torahs um and when i was there we went in this room that has the guy the guy referred to it as the largest iron coders in the world i mean they were probably i don't know 250 sifre torah that the that the army um I don't think it's from here. I mean, they, they, they collect Torahs that they then are in a position to, you know, bring to bases and and help people use. And while I was there, they were celebrating that they had recovered a Torah that the eight Chaim, the wooden handle, had been shot off. And they mm -hmm. put a new one on there, and they were taking it out to enable somebody else to to use that Sefer Torah, which maybe is not a bad uh, segue. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so the question, the question I have, we, we're... We're studying Parshat Chaye Sara, and and under normal circumstances, it's it's such a such a rich, beautiful parsha, and and I, I'm I'm going to ask the question in terms of you know seeking seeking nechama, seeking comfort from the Torah, and and how studying the Torah or or picking a verse or picking a story or picking an idea can be comforting. It's not to say, you know, what would you say to people, but it's maybe what, what would you say to, to us or what would you, you know, what, where would we turn? Uh, you know, speaking to, to the bereaved in Israel is, is one thing. I mean, we're, we're all, we're not going to give our, our eulogies there. I mean, it, there's really not, you know, we're, we're, we're lost for words, but we are, we are focused on this Parsha. And there are, not surprisingly, little 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 glimmers of comfort, little hugs of comfort from from this parsha. I mean, we we have some important stories. Um, it's it's a transition of generations. Um, but I'm going to turn to you, Barry. Where where would you where would you find comfort here? So I would begin with one of my favorite verses in the Parsha at the beginning of uh, chapter 23, uh, 24, that God blessed Avraham with everything. And it's a cause of much discussion in the rabbinic literature. What makes the verse itself so surprising is that Abraham is blessed with everything that's recorded after the death of Sarah. Yeah. I think for us, the lesson is that loss does not necessarily mean loss of blessing. That even after the death of Sarah, Avraham was able to experience blessing. And I think it it can offer us a... Sorry, this is... We're having a little, little technical difficulties. Uh, Chapter 24 is um, the death of death and burial of Sarah, and Abraham buys what will be the Merata Machpelah, the cave. 2025 is, is, as Barry said, it begins with this claim that Abraham is, was entirely blessed, even at the loss of his wife. And then what does he do with it? Looks to the future. His son yeah. Isaac remains unmarried. 
and he is going to uh, send the servant off back to Mesopotamia to get a wife. Uh, of course, who will be who will be Re Rebecca? We don't know that yet, but she will be Rivka. And Abraham says, you know, essentially, um, okay, I've, I've had a terrible loss, and I still have destiny, and I still have a future. Now let's let's get it on. Let's let's take the steps necessary to enact the future promise. Um, so we, we missed part of the the postscript of what you said, Barry. Just to, it was Bakol that that how did you say it that that blessing that, still comes after loss, right? That even after a loss, it doesn't necessarily mean the loss of blessing. Right. That we can experience blessing again, and it's hard for those of us who have been mourners. We can recall from the time of our mourning that it's very difficult to think about that in the presence of our dead yeah and it, it's um it's very hard to you know that that the grieving person to to convey that you're still going to have blessing i mean i i think because we've passed the milestone of 30 days since the massacre i think we we can begin to use some of that language and and um and jeremy your text basically is the text that that is focusing on the hinge the, the hinge moment where where Abraham's you know is seizing destiny really that's what you're saying right that and yeah. that you got to look forward and and in the in the similar vein I would I would look to of course uh, I, there's there's comfort simply in the joy of, of reading that beautiful story it's a it's a very romantic story between um uh Abraham his servant the servant's journey I happen to love that character because he's such a great storyteller and he's so wordy. And, <laughs> and the, the, the story the story lends itself to such a great analysis in terms of what transpires and how he relates it. And he's such a, such a, a clever salesman. And and everything is hinging on on his ability to close the deal. But there's also, and I'm going to, you know, piggyback on on what you said, Jeremy. There's one moment that everything hinges on, and all Jewish destiny hinges on, and that's, you know, they're they're in, uh, they're with Betuel and Lavan, and he's made his pitch to to her to them, and they they're kind of hesitating, uh, and they then turn to her. And they say, "Are you um, are you going to go with him?" Which is chapter twenty four, verse fifty eight. They call her after his big pitch, right? Uh, they say to her, "And what does she say?" I'm going. I'm going. I like what you, I like what you just said because I'm I'm having to be looking on the safari as on the, this call here. It's the, the JPS translation. They called to Rebecca and said, "Will you go with this man?" And she says in the English translation, she says, "I will." But that's wrong. It's wrong. Why would you do that? Elech means I'm, I'm going. going. I'm going. That's better. It's so much better, and it's so and it's it's it says in the one word it captures everything. It says. It doesn't. It's. It's not. I'm leaving this place behind. Although it could be, but it's. 
I need to I need to latch on to my future. My future is not here. And my future is with this man who is um the servant of our relative who is going to introduce me to a man that I haven't seen, I don't know, I don't even know anything about. Um but I do know and I here I'm just going to kind of wax a little bit, you know, in in my own way which is that she must know that there's some kind of hand pushing her that she must have a sense that of the divine here and she must have at least some inkling that this man abraham uh was taken from his own place their place because he was a special human being and so i'm going to go to where there's a special human being and i'm going to marry his son and and you can't stop me and 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 that's really what she's saying and and i know the midrash says that she's you know very young here and and all that doesn't make any sense whatsoever you know we've talked about this before in a sense rebecca is the new avraham yes exactly and i just want to add something to this part of our conversation that at the beginning when avraham sends the servant off he makes him take an oath and the oath that he makes him take is that under no circumstances shall Isaac be permitted to marry a Canaanite, a local woman. And the conversation continues, and the servant says, but what if the woman I find will not come back to the land with me? And Avraham says, in that case, you are released from your oath because Isaac cannot leave the land. And so the choice for Avraham is that if you have to choose between family and the land, the land is crucial. And I think that's why the Parsha begins with the acquisition of the cave of Machpelah, which is what cements the destiny of the people in the land. When Rebecca comes, she doesn't just marry Isaac, she marries the family to the land, because that's where the destiny of the people must be. And, and in fact, can I, can I add one thing here? Um, uh, we've talked in the past, and I think it's quite correct, as Barry said, that uh, that that Rebecca is the is the critical patriarch or matriarch of this generation. Abraham has to make a journey. Yitzhak, uh, Yaakov has to make a journey. Isaac makes no journey. He stays in land. Rebecca makes the journey. She she is therefore like Abraham and like Jacob. But as I read this verse, and I was thinking about that. Look at the presence of the word lech in this verse twice. Definitely. What is the you know central verb in the Abraham story? Lech lecha. Lech lecha. She's a uh, this is awkward to say. She's a lecher. She's a, she's she's a, she's a and and I think I I don't know if if, if uh, you know some of the classical readers ever made that that particular little homily, but it's as I'm just hearing that verse. Vatomer Vatomer elech, and this is a lech lecha moment. And Rebecca, in recapitulating Abraham, is really a is a lech character. So let's let's take the last few minutes to to talk about where where the word nechama comes in. At the end of this in this parsha, and and we'll talk about what's going on. The, so it's it's an extraordinary scene. She 
she is coming in a caravan, he's in the field, doing what in the field is, is not quite clear. Um, and I would just draw attention to my class this week where we, we discussed it. I'm not going to go into it now. Um, you can see it on another YouTube channel, another YouTube video. Um, so she sees him, she asks, who is this guy? And he, the, the servant says, that's my master. She covers herself. And then he, he this, the, I love the fact that this loquacious raconteur who can't stop talking, they, it's in one verse. The, the servant tells Isaac everything that happened. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole story. Tells him everything that happened in one verse. Okay. Well, I mean, to be more precise, he <laughs> says to Isaac everything that he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't really do all that much because he mostly talked. Oh, he's a talker. Okay. And then the, the clincher. So he, he, he brought, Isaac brought uh, Rebecca into, now, is it Ha'ohela or it's a Ha'ohela, right? So he brought her into the, his mother's tent. He takes Rivkava, she becomes his wife, and he loves her. And he is comforted after his mother. And so in the in the in the the plainest way of uh, understanding this text, it's he forms a new relationship, he forms a, a loving relationship. And that full relationship is such is a source of comfort for him, a comfort after his mother. Which you know we we tend to interpret. You know he marries his mother. I don't think that that's exactly what's going on there. It's it's the understanding that that the loss of his mother um, was so tragic for him where it was he was desolate after it he he was aimless after it and maybe that's why maybe that's maybe that really drives home barry's point that had the loss and abraham was in a place of still feeling blessing isaac maybe has to learn that maybe has to take a little longer to get there or something like that yeah and 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 the blessing comes out of <clears throat> It's not, excuse me, not coming out of, you know, wealth or possessions or or property. It's coming out of a relationship, out of the most, you know, authentic, you know, part of a of a human life, which is to be bound to another person, um, and and then the sense that there is something that's going to unfold from here, that we're going to build something together, that in our coming together we can find comfort and don't forget also and and you know we we tend to forget this from rebecca's perspective she's lost a lot too she's never going to see her family again she never sees her mother or her father again or her siblings there's there's a bereavement that she experiences and the text is silent on that it's focused on isaac's comfort but in a sense, and, and here is where I would I would just use a little license and say, is it comforting for her also? Is she comforted here? And and in in a way, are these two grieving 
people finding comfort in each other. And and so Jeremy, you're in Israel and and you're you know seeing people who are are broken and wounded and traumatized and you know I mean without going into the stories of all the the terrible losses there but but people you know are comforting each other I suppose that they 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 have to they have to find a way to to give each other comfort what would you say in terms of yeah I think there's a a very yeah very good very good deal of that so it's both in a practical practical ways and emotional ways I mean our our you know audience may know that um the level of volunteering is just unprecedented. You know, the protest movements have become, um, you know, volunteering collection central. We, we were at we were at a big underground garage that is filled with, you know, this whole sections of um, clothing and whole sections of toys for kids and people are cooking for the Mifunim, the, 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 dis, the displaced people out of the South and the North. And in that big, um, uh, underground garage, you know, like the different kinds of stuff, you know, women's shoes and men's clothes and children's toys and, you know, all kinds of stuff. There's one whole section that is plastic chairs and tables and silverware and plates designed for shivas. Wow. The shivas that maybe have already happened or the ones that are going to come, that if somebody has, has to have a time of mourning, they're gonna be there with the stuff that they need to be able to have shiva, and it breaks your heart. Everything is. All right, just want to add something. I know we're near the end, but you were talking about the blessing of Isaac, and actually, there is a blessing for Isaac in the parsha. So, if you look at chapter twenty-five, verse eleven, by he acharei mod Abraham, by vorach Elohim et Yitzchak beno, by Yeshev Yitzchakim beer lachai roi. So after the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son, and Isaac dwelled at the Er Lachairoi. So I think here we have this sense of blessing after loss again. And the other thing that I think is important for us is that Isaac goes to the Er Lachairoi, which is associated with Hagar. And that for us, it's can help us remind us that we can find people from all parts of life, people that don't ordinarily appear to us as friends or as comforters can actually provide comfort because Isaac never moves too far away from Hagar. And it's one of the things that the Torah indicates elliptically, as is often the case, because he keeps circling back to this place which is so strongly identified with Hagar. So she, I think, was part of the comfort for Isaac. It was not just Rivka. Interesting. And Lovely. perhaps that also could be a source of comfort in the troubled Middle East as well. So there, so here we are. We're, we're, we've come to the end of our, of, our, of our conversation. And we are, of course, dedicating our study to, to the hostages and um, thinking about everybody who is in need of comfort now. And we hope that the people watching us, our friends and family and people that uh, really are devoted to our conversations, I hope you get a little bit of comfort. We're so grateful that you spend some time with us. We thank you for being here. Jeremy, have a have a great trip back or an easy trip back. Uh, it's a quick trip there. And, and just uh, 
Look, a lot of a lot of nechama from us to everybody too. Uh, to to you, you are you are our shaliach of nechama. And with mm-hmm. that, I'll say everyone Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you all next week on the next edition of Parsha Talk. Bye bye.